And I'm Peter Sherman in for Kelly today. The University of Toronto has a department, it turns out, that says the King Street project is doing well. Who knew? Who knew they had such a department that could tell us after two weeks that uh, the project is doing well? And, and did they measure the effect on business? I don't mean to make fun of them. I'm sure that uh, it's, it's uh, a, geography, a geographical department that uh, looks at things like traffic flow and so forth and uh, finds its home in the Scarborough campus of U of T, and, uh, and that's fine. I just think that it's a piece a piece of the story and not the entire story. And that's what makes it important. Um, so you know what bothers me about the whole King Street story? The same thing that bothered me about the uh, bicycle lanes on Bloor. The city of Toronto has this, this bad habit. I think you might agree with me. Uh, it tries things out in isolation. Wow, bike lanes on Bloor. What a good idea. The bikers will love it. Cars with only one lane in each direction. They don't lose much time. It's okay. Okay, so they go ahead and do it. Oh, and it works. It's fine because, you know, the bikes are, are getting through and the cars seem to be getting through. And that's so King Street. Wow. Riders on the streetcar, the King Street car. They're saving north of 20% on the time it takes because of the restrictions on cars. Isn't this great? Okay, so taken in isolation, taken in isolation, I accept all of that without any reservation. Besides, it's empirical data. So why question it? And there's the problem. There's the problem, and the reason why I bring it up as a topic today. We have empirical data for an aspect of change, but we have nothing that looks at what we're doing holistically. And by that, I mean, if you decide to limit traffic on King Street, so the mass movement of people on a streetcar is improved, what's the fallout that goes beyond that? What's the fallout that goes beyond the fact that you've helped some people in streetcars. So I'm going to uh, seek some learned help on this by asking Joe Cressy, the counselor for the area, to join me. Good afternoon, Joe. Oh, good afternoon. Good to be talking with you. And uh, you heard my preamble. Uh, it's, it's a nice piece of news that we've got from the University of Toronto, but it's only a wedge to the pie. Don't you agree? Oh, certainly. I think you need to look at the full suite of, of information, and, and this is one piece of it, which is how quickly and more reliably are streetcar users moving. Uh, but the city is part of its evaluation, and, and we haven't released our information yet, we're still collecting, is looking at everything. We're looking at travel speeds and reliability for streetcar users. We're looking at business activity, uh, measuring uh, retail transactions. We're looking at safety factors. We're looking at vehicle movements, not just on King, but adjacent streets. So you need to look at everything. But the objective is clear here, which is to fix a broken street, which is King Street, and make it work better for transit users. So I think we're somewhere, you and I, on the same page. Uh, but I, I want to go back to what I said when I opened up this hour. And that is that uh, I find that uh, I compared it to the, the subway, the subway, the bikes on Bloor Street. And I, uh, and I said that what we're doing is we're looking at things on a project basis instead of holistically. It sounds in your answer like you're saying, well, we're trying to expand on it because there, there is fallout on side streets and on adjacent streets. But what would happen if we sat down as a city with a planning department, and as I understand it, a pretty good planning department, and we said, you know, we have this area, and it goes from roughly Jarvis to Bathurst. That's been identified. I would say it goes roughly from Bloor. Maybe you could argue that it goes from St. Clair down to uh, the Gardner. And we have to take a look at this on a holistic basis and see what we can do to plan it so that 
For example, if we change the rules on King Street as we have, maybe we also have to change the rules on Queen Street or maybe on Adelaide or Richmond. What about that? And what are we doing to that end? Sure. So so let's take a, a step back to sort of look at the big picture. I think it's a good starting point. And so the big picture is downtown Toronto. So the boundaries of downtown from Bathurst Street over to the Don River, from the waterfront in the south up to the DuPont Rail Corridor in the north. That area of downtown has 240,000 people who live there. But we have a daytime population in downtown Toronto of 900,000 people. Mm-hmm. So the population in downtown quadruples every day because one-third of all the jobs in the entire city of Toronto are located downtown. Uh, three of the universities are located downtown, along with George Brown College. And so people work here. They come in to study here. You have tourists coming in to visit here. And the bottom line and the reality is is that our streets are at vehicular congestion today. We don't have space to widen the roads in downtown. So the only way, the absolutely only way in a growing city that's already at capacity today, the only way to move people in and out to get to work, to get to school, is by moving towards active modes of transportation. That I wouldn't, uh, I, 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 forgive me for interrupting, I wouldn't argue with that. I think everybody would agree with that. And, and I think the yeah. statistics are staggering in terms of the number of people who enter the downtown core from the 905 to come and go to work. But, but I don't think that's the point that I'm trying to, to f- focus you on. Um, where, where I'm going with this is, you take, um, I always like to use Boston as an example. I remember before they built the Great Underground there, which took them double-digit years and billions of and billions of dollars. So I'm not suggesting that, at least not from the get-go. They looked at right turns only. So there was a time when you drove in downtown Boston, for all I know, they still do it, on the surface in a car, you could only ever turn right. So if it missed your stop, you were going to the next block, turning right, the next block, turning right, and so on, until you got back to the point where you wanted to be. Um, That that goes to, uh, if I transpose to Toronto, that kind of a thing, or maybe left turns only on this particular street, right turns only on that particular street, maybe one up, one down next to each other. We don't seem to do that. We seem to identify a problem like, gee, King Street is a real mess. We have to fix it so that transit moves faster and we can move more people, as you pointed out. But but all of the fallout that occurs, and it's not just the guys in the restaurants, because that's just one issue. It's all of the side streets and the parking in the area that uh, has been taken away that now has to be replaced by pay-for or side street parking. All of those kinds of things that, that uh, feed into each other that make the entire downtown area something that should be looked at together, no? Well, I guess there's two things. I think, first of all, Different streets have unique characteristics, and we need to look at them on their own. Uh, King Street, for example, being the largest service-level transit route in all of North America, 65,000 daily riders. And so that's a very unique context. And so what works for a streetcar on King doesn't necessarily work for a streetcar on College. And so on the one hand, we need to do that. But I guess to your point, which I think is fair, is that if we were doing this on King and we were looking at this in a truly comprehensive way, should we not also look at adjustments on Richmond and Adelaide at the same time? Should yes. Should not think about Queen? And I guess the answer to that is, is to, be, to be honest, politics. And the politics of this are the following. Uh, had we, other cities around the world, instituted transit priority streets like King a decade ago, yet in Toronto it's still seen as this old-fashioned war on the car, which it's not. And so, you know, frankly, the political answer here is that I, you know, we wouldn't be able to win support from a council of 44 councillors and one mayor 
to redesign Queen and Richmond and Adelaide and King all at once. You know, Joe Cressy, you're a pretty honest man for a politician to say that, because <laughs> those of us who, who are in the business of, of critiquing you at this point, sitting on radio or, or maybe writing for newspapers, commenting on television, whatever, the media generally, we say you've got 40-plus fiefdoms there, each of them wanting what they want, instead of looking at, I'll use the word again, a holistic or an holistic approach to the management of Toronto. And I don't think we have that, but we sure as hell have a mess. Well, I I think we actually have the vision for that comprehensive redesign of downtown to a point that it actually moves people in and out of the core quicker, which is better for the economy and quality of life. I guess the challenge is, you know, Toronto, we specialize in radical incrementalism, which is to say that we ultimately get to where we want to go, but it takes us a lot slower to get there. And so the art of the pilot on King Street becomes the proof point that we will spend a year on King demonstrating that when you do a shift in how a street works, you can move people faster and more reliably. And my hope and expectation is that coming out of the King Street one-year pilot, we will have been able to demonstrate to the skeptics that, yes, we need to have this kind of significant and profound shift and then make the case to do it comprehensively throughout the downtown. It's the same with bike lanes. Right? Is that should does it make a lot of sense to only have a 2.4 kilometer bike lane on Bloor? Of course not. It should go all the way along. Why only have it for a small stretch? But you have to make the case and the proof point. And it's for that reason that that despite you know the growing pains and the fact that we're not redesigning all the streets all at once, which which I'd be happy to do, despite not doing that, we will get there. And that's. Toronto radical incrementalism. Well, thank you very much, Joe Cressy. I think you actually have shed some light on it, and I wish you good luck in getting us there. (laughs) Thanks so much. Good to join you. All right. Good to have you.